This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport, Mark McMahon, and Blues writer Will Rooney to bring you bang up to speed with the latest from Fratton Park. On this week's show, bye bye Ronan, why the time is now right to cash in on the Republic of Ireland International. We bring you the latest on the outer contract players, and is there reason for optimism when it comes to Jack Watmore staying at Fratton Park? How prized are Pompey's prized assets in the current transfer market? And we look at Mark Catlin's Pompey legacy after his departure as CEO was announced. We're now available from wherever you download your podcasts. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at Portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pommy Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today to discuss another, another busy week at Pompey is Jordan Cross and Will Rooney. Guys, have you had any sleep this week? It's been absolutely Don't talk to me about sleep. Bad, bad, <laughs> bad topic of conversation. Just a message to any, any new parents out there. Whatever you do, don't let your kids into your bed. Please don't do it. It's the biggest mistake. <laughs> ever made four o'clock this morning i've got i've got a four-year-old and a six-month-old six-month-old starts crying mummy goes to go and sort out baby four-year-old's in the bed wakes up where's mummy starts crying other baby doesn't go to sleep this is cycle that's me that's it so that that's a little life lesson to any new parents don't let your kid into your bed it's Hang not on. impacting your work though jordy is it well, the hits, hits, hits are coming, Mark, aren't they? As we well know. Hits, 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 indeed. Yes, they are. They're flying. They're flying. So, well. Yes. <laughs> You're very silent there. I am. I am. Just waking. Just still waking. Still waking in the background as well. Here, it's it's nonstop. Isn't it? So they say boys can't do it, but Will's got more breaking news. What story are you writing, Will? I am. It looks like uh, well, Rowan Case being linked to Cardiff, which um, just broken in uh, in South Wales, and it's a club that we know that, that I've looked at him before. I think it was in January. He, he looked at him quite late, and it makes sense with Mick McCarthy, who's managed him at international level. So, I'm sure, Rowan Case. This is a, a big topic of discussion in there today's podcast that we will uh, we will dissect. We were just believe it or not, it's the first subject that we were going to discuss. <laughs> Can I just talk about the wind briefly? It's blowing a hoo up here. I'm up on Portsdown Hill where I live. It is blowing. I just had 90 mile an hour gusts on the Isle of Wight and it's 60 mile an hour winds up here. It's like like when Neil Allen lets rip of a pungent fart on an away day in the car. Oh, what he never admits to either. Never. Never. <laughs> well, talking about whirlwinds, okay then. I'm going back to, I'm going back to the subject. Um, Danny Cowley is certainly causing a bit of a whirlwind um, with 
what's happening at Fratton Park at the moment. But yes, Roland Curtis looks like he's going to be a major part of that there. Um, Jordy, let's no, just... No, go on. Will, Will's the man for this. He's, he's on it. <laughs> All right, then. Well, let's cut the chase. Will Roland Curtis be in a Pompey shirt next season? No. 100% no. Um, I think every... Everything uh, leads towards him leaving. There's all the key ingredients for a departure. You've got Pompey, who is still in League One, a player who wants to be in the Championship, a manager who needs to bolster his transfer, Kitty, a player who's already dropped a major hint by taking his important of FC, a player out of his social media accounts. There's absolutely no chance I can see him um, being a Pompey next season. And to be fair to Curtis, he's probably it's probably the right time for all parties. Um, he's been a Pompey for three years now. He's come over and wanted to test himself in the championship and hopefully move up. He hasn't got that opportunity at, at, at Portsmouth. So now's the time for him to, to go and do that. And let's be fair, he, he has been a, a good recruit, doesn't I know a lot of fans aren't exactly um ruin his departure or lamenting his departure. Um, people saying he's a bad player. Come on, he's been a good player for Pompey. You can say what he's like, his off-field antics, etc., his attitudes. But 40 goals um, in 143 appearances for a wide man is a, an excellent return. Um, and now is the time for him to go, like it was for, for Matt Clark and Jamal Lowe. It's the time for Ron Case to move on and for, for Danny Carley to to get some money and potentially reinvest that into a squad and get players that, that he thinks can finally get Pompey into the Championship. Jordy, if, if Pompey are looking to, to base their rebuild on money for Curtis, it's not going to be as big as money as previous um, stuff we've seen in the past. No, 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 no. Of course, of course not. No, I know, I know we, um, we've done the story um, comparing um, the piece of Crouch millions that Five million, I think it was, that helped fund in the first phase um, the, the, the title winning team of 2002-03 on top of Mandrit money. Let, let's make that clear as well. Um, it's nothing like that. It, it, it will, in relative terms, it will. Ronan Curtis is probably Pompey's prized asset at the moment. Now, I know some fans are, are, are debating that and disagreeing with that, but it, it, he is. He, he's got a market value, he's under contract. Um, it's hard, it's quite hard in the current environment to, to where to benchmark his value. I, I find it quite hard because you would have said a couple of uh, you know when he was a year or two ago, you'd probably say well, when he was fine, maybe a couple of million for Ronan, you know, pre-COVID as well. Now, it, no, it's not, is it? it, it I think he, I think his form's been more inconsistent. He hasn't reached the kind of um, the apex of, of, his, of his value, I think. You're looking probably, and obviously with COVID now and, and how that's affecting budgets, maybe one, one million, that would, you know, would that be about right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm sure Will, Will could find some uh, comparable uh, deals uh, to, you know, to base it against, but obviously we're in uncharted territory. So if I'm perfectly honest, I, I don't quite know where, where the value is, but if there's a, if there's more than one interested party, that helps, of course. Um, that's that, and that's going to be key. Uh, maybe we can get it up to one, one and a half. Um, Blackburn, I know, is is a, a valid interest that's been mentioned, and, and they are are looking at 
uh, Ronan Cardiff um, is, as we understand it, uh, a kosher uh, club that's interesting. Because there's been so many clubs mentioned with, with Ronan over the over the over the years that he's been here. That, that, that some that get mentioned, the, the Brentford and uh, I think people like Middlesbrough, Derby, maybe yeah, it's hard, yeah, a bit tougher to to validate those. But there's certainly more than one club interested at the moment, and that and that helps Pompey's case. Um, but I think Will spoke very well. Actually, I think he summed it up uh, perfectly that. Um, although not everyone's cup of tea and there's been events happening of, of, of late and, and, the, and you see the social media response to him going um, but he, he's, been a, he's been a good player for Portsmouth and as Danny Cowley keeps mentioning sometimes people have run their race at a club and, it, and, and it's just probably that time for Ronan now to, to, to move on um, it could have been handled better for, probably say like it seems a bit pet, petulant doesn't it taking your name off your social media yeah um, account and things like this and we look back to Matt Clark who handled it excellently didn't he his departure and everyone went with best wishes probably hasn't been that but that's that that shouldn't detract from A that Ronan Curtis has, has a decent market value although not a massive one uh, and, he has, and he has he has done reasonably pretty well for Pompey in his time at the club Will they expect this to drag on or do you assume this is something that's going to be done relatively quickly even though we're not 100% sure yes Cardiff and Blackburn have been mentioned like, but is this going to drag on all summer, or do you think the fact that he's taken Portsmouth off his bio on his Twitter that suggests that you know what this could be a speedy exit? It's a good question. I think it'll drag on if clubs aren't meeting Pompey's valuation, um, which happens, I think, with Jamal Lowe, didn't it? Pompey has what they would like for Jamal Lowe. He didn't, Wigan didn't meet it, and it ends up being a protracted transfer saga until they eventually come to an agreement. And I think we've seen that. Down the years, I think um, even with Matt Clark, it wasn't straight after the playoffs for a couple of weeks where they were they were bartering a fee. And it'd probably be the same with Roland, as you say. If, if there are a few clubs involved, then then that might that might make it go a little bit longer and drag out a little bit longer. But I can imagine that Danny Carley would like the money as soon as possible um, to reinvest in the squad. And you can imagine Roland Curtis would like to be fixed up for the first day of pre-season. But if Pompey have a valuation, let's say 1.25 million I'm not saying that is it but if, if that's not being met then Pompey have got two years on Ronan Curtis as well so let's not forget they could hang on to him sell him in January or even next year and, and get money for him still so Pompey holds a lot of the bargaining chips in, in this transfer so they're in a good position um, it just comes down to the fact that does Danny Carley want to get it done early and try and reinvest the squad and get players in that, that can be here for the start of pre-season rather than letting it drag out like it did with Jamal Law when we seen him when we were over in Ireland. We've seen him training, he weren't giving 100% and mm-hmm. games like, I think it was Stevenus, wasn't it, Josie, after that I went there, it was after Harness arrived and you could just tell that he wasn't interested. You don't want to play like that involved in pre-season. You want them not around really. So, yeah, I think it'll just come down to when Pompey's price tags met, then, then it'll be Goodbye, Ronan, and best of luck. Brinkmanship, you've got to remember that as well. I think there will be, as you say, that Jamal Lowe thing. That Pompey got to try and do everything they can to maximise their value, haven't they? So, it, and it will, if it, if it is going to go that way, then, then you can see it being dragged out because, you know, that's exactly what happened with Jamal Lowe. I remember in the, in the final, I think they got 2.2 million for Jamal Lowe in the end. Um, it's not going to be anything like that with Ronan but there, then there was a kind of slight hit at the end of that from two and a half down just because uh, Wigan were in a strong position and they, I think 
they knew that Pompey needed the money and were looking to reinvest with John Marquis. Um, three and a half million was it for, for Matt Clark? So we've got like, you know, circa five million for those two. Um, you could debate the uh, um, how that money was reinvested and how well it was reinvested, but it's not going to be anything like that. Hopefully we can back Danny Kelly to use that money better than perhaps Pompey have done in previous transfer windows. Johnny, if, if Curtis does leave, it's not going. It's not going to be as Will says. It's not going to be like the Clark departure where it was amicable and everybody wished him well. Why do you get? Why? What? Why do you think Pompey fans are maybe turning on Curtis? Is it because he he hasn't lived up to the expectation? He hasn't lived up to his own hype? Or, or... Uh, I think it's a combination of different factors. Some of this I'm. As you probably well know, we have to tread carefully around at the moment on, on a podcast. Um, I think Ronan has shown potential that can step up. I think too often he's not shown consistency. And it's been a, well, something we've mentioned on the podcast many times before that I don't think Ronan has performed often enough in the big games. Um, that's a frustration. Now, also, you've got his demeanour. He's a bit of a lad. Um, yeah, a boy about town. And um, that uh, that could probably, in the wrong context, wind people up. When Pompey performing, that, 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 that's great. But we've got a whole squad of players that have underperformed. And there's a lot of anger, quite justifiably, towards those players who haven't done it. And, and you know, I, I'm, the, I'm of the mind of pretty much, I would be wouldn't care if Pompey got rid of the entire squad. Um, and I think most supporters are the same, you know, with a slight exception of maybe one or two. So you've got that kind of, that essence coming into the frustration of the season. And, it, and perhaps it comes together in a bit of a perfect storm for Ronan. He's not feeling the love at the moment. He, he's, you know, as I say, acting like, like he has with his, with his social media. And um, he probably is nose slightly out of joint. And then it can start looking like you're pushing for a move, which doesn't help either. So there's a combination of different factors, but, that can, you know, that, that, that's... Uh, not not lose the fact that, that Ronan is a, a player of potential. He's shown out at Pompey. His numbers are good. His assists are good. Um, so yeah, there's there's a player there that although we're probably not going to be saying you know applaud him out out the door. There's a player there that has performed and and it's just it's just the times right. I think I just think the times right for all concerned. Well, what's happening then with? The retain list. Well, well, obviously there's four players. Well, where Naylor's going, McGillivray's going. But what's what's what do we know about what do we know about Cloaks and Watmore? Um, it looks like they're weighing up their options, doesn't it? We know that Pompey are on a reduced budget this season. We know the players have had to be asked to take pay cuts, and now they've got to weigh up their options. Um. Pompey didn't take the option on, on Ben Close to give him an extra year because, like McGilvery, he's probably has a pay rise. Um, we know with McGilvery, Pompey have cut the cloth accordingly and thought, we've got Alex Bass, we don't need two goalkeepers of, of that ilk. Ben Close, as we've seen, he, he come back to prominency when Danny Carley came back, uh, sorry, when he um, took charge. Close after being in the cold, started 10 of Carley's 12 games and one of them he was injured for. Um so he's clearly a player that, that he wants, but Ben Close on reduced terms, he has to think to assign a two-year deal on reduced wages, but after that bit of security, also potentially go and look elsewhere. And for Jack Watmore, it's probably the same, but you'd think Jack won't be short of suitors um, in the Championship. I know Jaws, he's mentioned 
Millwall, Bristol City as well. I know there was a report that Bristol City um, have agreed to sign him. Um, make it out what we deal. Yeah, it's been shut down. Um, but Jack has to make the decision himself. Does he stay at his boyhood club? Does he stick with a club that have stuck with him through tough times? Let's not forget it. Um, after three serious knee injuries, Pompey have been there all the way. Does he retain that loyalty now or does he think about himself because football is a short career? And you obviously got Ryan Williams as well who wants to stay but has been offered a pay cut as well to, to stay. So... Um, it's not surprising, let's face it, as players that might have to take pay cuts because the money isn't there and we know that Pompey, you know, they're prudent and they are sensible about it, they're pragmatic and unfortunately the money's not there so they haven't got the players, to, the funds to, to pay these players. So if I had to put my neck on the line, I'd, I, I would think that Ben Close might stay um, just because he knows... How hard he's raced by Danny Carly knows he, he really enjoys working with the Carlys. I think he's really enjoyed the training. Um, Jack Watmore's one family up in the area for this champion interest, and it's going to tempt him. And who can blame him? Let's be fair. Jordy, mm. what's your thoughts primarily on on Watmore? How do you see it panning out? Yeah, um, I think there there is interest in in, in Jack. Um, we've had Bristol City. Uh, we we uh, know the guys up at Bristol City very well. They are not. Um, they're dubious about the uh, strength of the uh, the link there. Uh, Millwall is one that's been a more substantial link. It's come from more qualified places. Um, so yeah, we wait to see where it develops. But what I have picked up a sense of in the last week, ten days is that Jack, uh, I think Jack's first preference would be to stay now. Um, Although I think, yeah, you've got the point that he he can secure his future and step up. And Jack Watmore, after 36 games, there's a question mark over his knee injuries and he doesn't use all that argument. But he's a pretty low-risk signing out of contract for a championship club on the money that he would command. There's not massive money by their... their, um, their standards and as I say yeah I can yeah I can see why why clubs would have a go at Jack because he a fit full firing Jack Watmore can probably do it in the championship but he's he's um family is local um his uh his fiance's uh local he's got a young family here he's settled he, he loves Portsmouth he's got really strong ties um, and it was interesting to hear Danny Cowley say that he thinks that Jack after conversations with him feels he's got unfinished business here um, which is was very interesting, and I've picked up that kind of sentiment from more than a few angles. Now, what Danny said was interesting that the, the discussions are going on, but you've got to kind of structure a deal that's right for everyone, right for the player, and and, and right for the club. Um, so, from Pompey's view, they are saying that it should be based around perhaps appearances to protect themselves in terms of Jack's injury record. Jack would probably say, well, "Look, okay, I've, you know, I've had a full season on my belt now, and and you know, that probably you know, I don't deserve that in the contract. So it's probably that kind of to and fro in which is where the detail lies within the contract. Um, yeah, I think if I had a gun to my head right now, I'd say that Jack might stay at the moment. They've got, and, and why I say that is because Pompey have got a reduced budget. They can't uh, pay what they have done." Um, 
Ben Close and, and the like, and Craig McGilfrey, they didn't take up the options because they couldn't play the new, the new wages. But I think Jack Watmore's the one that Danny Cowley really wants out of the out. He's the, well, he is, he is the one that he, he really... So by dint of that fact, he, he might be prepared to push the boat out a bit more for, for, for that player within the budget. With Craig McGilfrey, for example, he looks at Alex Bass and says he's a young keeper he rates. He doubts about Craig fitting into Danny's style of play. And with the option, there was a sizable increase in wages. So was it worth Danny paying that for Craig McGilfrey? It's a bit different for Jack. You can base more around Jack. He's a, he's a you know, real central figure in the side. And that money might just be better utilised in that area, in Danny Cowley's mind anyway. And that might just be able to help him to push the boat out uh, in, in terms of the percentage of the, the budget that he spends on Jack's contract. So that gives me a bit of optimism that they can find some some common ground. Yeah, well, I purely unfounded fear that I have, but I just worried that the likes of Paul Cook might come in and go, you know what, Ipswich, we've got loads of money, we'll give you, Jack, what you want. Is that me fearing the worst, or should I be just going, no, Mark, calm down, he's not going to go to a League One club if, if, if he leaves? I did say that, I did tell you that early in the week, I think it says when we were on that. Our call that when you seen um, Liam Richardson speaking to him at Wigan, Jack, um, just before we knew Richardson was staying on at Wigan, of course, so you tapping him up there because those things just go through your head, don't be you? you just have to think. But uh, it wouldn't be a massive shock if, if Paul Cook could take him. Um, I know that Sonny Bradley, someone who they've been linked to, um, and is dropping down from the Championship to League One, um, a Championship side that's finished 12th and Know, might be looking at a potential playoff push next season outside chance. So if Sonny Bradley's dropping down, you wonder are Ipswich paying decent wages? Would they offer Jack Watmore decent wages? Um, but no, as you say, like Jack's obviously personal circumstances are, are a lot. You've got to factor in, haven't you? Um, set of local lads, family down here, just had a, a little baby, he's got one on the way. Would he want to move all the way to Ipswich or was he want to stay down here? I mean, if he went to Millwall, you, you, it makes you think, Donny, Jeb Wallace is there and um, oh. Ben Thompson, he was good mates with when, when Ben was down here at the club. So that makes you think, oh, does he, how would he go there instead then? But no, you, 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 naturally you think of all these facets, don't you? And there's a transfer uh, saga going on and it, it, it's uncertain they go through your head but hopefully as you say Jack stays on and I'm sure he'd love to get this club back into the championship because he's been here years he's seen the demise and he's he's been here right the way through Pompey coming back up the, the leagues and was part of the league two title side so and he didn't play a real prominent role does he that season it was Clark and Burgess so maybe he wants to be one of the main men in a, in a promotion push and really etch himself into, into history Jordy, let's let's move on to goalkeepers then. McGillifrey, as we say, is is leaving. It's just when it's that's going to be announced. Is Alex Bass going to be the first choice goalkeeper next season? Or, no. or is, is Curly going to bring somebody in who is going to rival him and make that decision come closer to the time? Ah, well, you've, I think you've nailed it then right in the end part of your question, a decision closer to the time. Um, we had a epic press conference with Danny Cowley this week on, on, on Monday. Um, I don't, well, by his own admission, Danny had never known a presser like it. Um, it was two hours long. It was 
covered everything from the story of nightclub incidents to out of contract players to Mark Catlin. Um, there was some tough questioning, and um, he, he, he had to be really, you know, on the full throttle to deal with the questions that came his way and some tough calls. Uh, but we've got some real good insight um, from that. And obviously, Craig McGilfrey and then consequently Alex Bass was one of the areas that obviously was a major area of focus. Craig is going. I know the official line is they're in talks, but he, he, he's on his way. Believe me now, um, that that's that really. He, he's uh, been hit by the curse of the player of the year again, isn't it? And uh, he's off to uh, pastures new. A bit different though, because I thought, you know, the players of the year often in the past have been kind of sold, haven't they? Whereas kind of he's not had his contract taken up. But um, Alex Bass is rated well by by Danny. Um, he talked about his breakout season, where he did very well under that second half of the season, 1920, wasn't it? Uh, with, um, when he came in, surprisingly so, um, at Gillingham, I think it was, wasn't it? When he, he usurped uh, Craig. Um, and yeah, there was that disappointment with the playoffs at the end, and then problem start for for Abassi and that, that Stevenage nightmare, the horrific game at the start of the season. Like, it wasn't just Bassi; it was defensively abject all over the place, wasn't it? Did for Paul Downing as well that afternoon, but raised question marks about Bassi moving forward. But John Keeley knows his stuff. The departing Pompey coach, no doubt about in his mind about what player Alex Bass can be. And I think he fits more into uh, the framework of, of Danny Cowley's way of playing um, than Craig McGilfrey. But I think that in terms of they're looking at perhaps a, a, maybe a young keeper, um, or they're looking at two keepers actually potentially to come in. So it's how they then, again, work the budget. It's all quite malleable at the moment. And they might see another area as a priority. But I think that, that comes down to, and Danny Cowley made enough hints about this, on Monday about how maybe how Alex Bass comes back in pre-season, they have a look at him, make a decision on whether he's ready. Um, and then they, yeah, they can look to what they do maybe with maybe two young keepers and one very young and one a bit more experienced to push him. And then he can get a keeper in on a premise that they're, they're you know, on an even kill at the start of pre-season and then make a choice. But I think that's, that's up for, up for debate still. And I think they might have to just look at Bassey and how he comes back. And Danny Cowley said about Bassey, oh, if I was him, I'd be over the park now, i.e., you know, he's got a big pre-season to come back to uh, with a lot of decisions to be made about whether him and, he, and his Pompey future. So that's how I make, that's what I make of it anyway. What was the key factor in, in the McGillivray, or in the goalkeeping situation, sorry, was it McGillivray's performances, i.e. his distribution, or was it what they know of Bass and what they've seen in, in training? Bear in mind, well, is Bass even training at the moment if he's, if he's fractured his leg not so long ago? Oh, he's, he was getting back at the end of the season, wasn't he? But um, in answer to your question, I think, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think probably the biggest thing was with Craig that there was a sizable hike in his option, in his wages, and it was, in, in, with a reduced budget, it was going to be too much of an outlay to keep him. So if he, if he was going to, you know, fall into the line, into the area of what was on the table for Ryan Williams and Ben Close, a reduced wage, maybe with those days they might, I don't know, maybe give him a longer deal and stretch it out a bit further. That might be an option. But I think that would have been, if, if, if Craig would have taken a sizable wage cut, then he might have had a pompy future. He's not he's not going to be short of suitors, though, Craig. He's played the season. He, you know, he's been in and around the Scot Scotland setup. There won't be clubs, you know, there won't be short of clubs to go to. Maybe even at championship level. So again, one of those probably inevitable situations with 
the context of COVID and re reduced budgets that it just came to that point where, where it, maybe it's best for all concerned that, that Craig moved on, albeit that I think that it, he's the one player that was going to get was going to get kicked back from the supporters because he's a very very popular figure, landslide winner of the player this season. But yeah, that that that's probably the the, the truth of the situation. Yeah, Jordan, I want to come back to you in a second about yeah. Mark's departure, but before we we'll go down that route, well, just returning to prized assets, is Curtis the only one that we can possibly see going? Could there be others? Um, I think he might be the only one. I mean, but you have got assets. Um, I know. Few fans would dispute it. Alex Bass is an asset. His price tag is as much as it was this time 12 months ago when he was playing regularly before the playoffs. And he had interest in, or after the playoffs, he had interest from, from Palace and, um, and Borough. Then you've got other players who are out of contract. John Marquez, I know uh, he's not everyone's cup of tea and he hasn't hit the heights many of us expected, probably almost all of us expected. but he has got a good goal scoring record. People still remember that he, he plundered a lot of goals at Doncaster and in the right system, people might think he could be, be an asset to someone. Marcus Harness, um, another year on his deal with an option, so effectively two years. He's the player I think frustrates most fans the most because we, we know how talented he is. Um, he's probably the most talented player in the squad, um, honestly, by a long way. But he hasn't produced consistently enough. But he's an asset, without a doubt. Without a doubt, um, Pompey will get money for Marcus Harness if he wants to cash in on him. I'm, I'm just when you're talking there, I probably worded that wrong. Like we keep on label pump players who are on their contract with Pompey as prized assets, but hmm. probably is there any players that are on their contract that Pompey made to say, you know what, Sean Raggett, Ellis Harrison, that you know what, if we get money for you, we may cash in on you. Is there is there that scope? I, I don't think there's many. Who clubs are going to bid for? Really, um, it's no League One clubs. The only way you're going to be able to shift these players, on, I said before, is maybe coming to a, a settlement with them and mutual agreements and saying, yeah. "Well, you're not going to be playing. Find yourself a club, and you know you can you can leave. Um, they'll happily let you go." Otherwise, Harrison, maybe someone might put a bid in. You're not going to get the money that you you paid Harrison the four hundred and four hundred and fifty grand or whatever it was. Um, no one's going to put a bid in for Sean Raggett, let's face it. Callum Johnson, a year left in his deal. Is a League One club going to bid for Callum Johnson? Probably not. Um, there's no other ones, really, that you think of. Oh. Nico Fairchild, no. There's, there's no one. So, now the only way that Danny Carley might shift some of these on is, is by coming to, to an agreement with them and saying, well, find yourself a club, we'll let you go. Um, might not be able to pay it off like it might have happened in the past, but you can go and um, best of luck and go and play regular football elsewhere. Okay, then, Jory. Yes, let's talk about Mark Catlin then. It would have come a bit of a surprise to a lot of Pompey fans, but this has been coming. Nevertheless, it's still a massive blow, isn't it? Oh, you know, personally, just from a, a friendship point of view, yeah, very disappointed. Like, I was gutted, to be honest. Um, we, we've known for some time that Mark, it was on Mark's mind to uh, to be moving on, um, but we didn't. It still didn't have a, a, a steer on the exact date when it would arrive. Although we knew it possibly could have been this summer. So when it did come, drop last Friday, 
And I was on the phone to Mark like a minute before the story came came out. And it's like, I'll just call you back in five minutes. And then like a minute later, that story was officially announced. And uh, But then, you know, with all that hoo-ha, Mark Cantley's back on the phone to me five minutes later. And it was a measure of the man. And um, he might not have uh, many rivals in the CEO business of the 21 years. I think Barry Pierpoint and... Uh, Peter's story and Mr. Lampitz and uh, yeah, yeah, David Deacon, people, but yeah, he's been by far the best CEO, um, probably the best executive staff member that I've, I've dealt with in my time covering the news. Um, been absolutely fantastic for the club. Um, we have this, this thing, sometimes he can't tell things to me as a journalist, but you know, Mark Catlin, he's not bullshitting you, he's an honest man. Um, I don't think he's ever outright lied to me, which is probably a first for a chief executive <laughs> from Portsmouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking at, um, at Mark's time at the club and how he would be remembered, I, I think some supporters have got short memories with the criticism that, um, that they've been labelling Mark of late. Perhaps he, he held onto Kenny Jacket too long. I think that's a valid criticism. I think that could have, you know, most people think that he could have left earlier. But Mark Cannon's not responsible for signing players, which is what people have been hammering for. Like he doesn't do the recruitment; he just backs, he does the deals out to organise with Tony Brown. The players are, are identified by the management. Don't blame Mark Cannon for that. And when you're looking at legacy, you're looking at eight million debt cleared. You're looking at, at profits for the club, routes to playoffs. Whether you, you say it's valid that what they happened there, but we got to the playoffs in his time at the club. Two visits to Wembley, the EFL Trophy, League Two title. Club run sustainably. And I think one of the big things that we get overlooked is Mark's helped engage with fans again. He's been approachable. He's made that club approachable and answerable. Um, and it's been a breath of fresh air from what Pompey have come from. And that's all been on Mark Catlin's watch. So um, from my point of view, um, it'd be a loss, even if he's standing on as a director. Um, Andrew Cullen seems like he might be uh, another one you can engage with and approachable. But he's got a very, very, very tough act to follow in Mark Catlin, who's been a wonderful, wonderful servant to Portsmouth Football Club. And after his departure, Jordy, is it going to hinder Pompey in any way in the summer in terms of transfers or negotiations? Uh, I don't think so. I think Andrew Cullen's uh, got a good reputation within the game. I think he's known for running a tight ship in terms of budget. I don't think you'll see anything. It'd be very sustainable again moving forward uh, for, for Pompey. Um, Danny, so slightly surprised. I thought Danny Kelly would have known that Mark was going. He didn't. He didn't know when he came in, which was a surprise. Uh, but um, yeah, I think he was uh, he was gutted by it as well. But um, I don't view it as a major problem moving forward. I think there's a period of transition uh, now. Um, I think it'd be a smooth one. Uh, it just just from a personal point of view, and from probably from the news's point of view, it's just uh, very disappointing to see Mark Catlin go. And we lose our best bloody contact as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I think I speak for us all. The would like to wish Mark all the best and thank you for for making our jobs a lot easy, a lot easier at times. So yeah. yeah, wish him all the best. On that note, we will wrap up. Time has ticked on very, very quickly. We could have spoke at length a lot about a lot more, but um, we'll be back next week. So thank you guys for your contributions. And thank you all for watching and listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website 
for everything you need to know about Pompey.